0: Now let's get to the show.
1: Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast.
0: What's up all you fan whores, man whores, and coke whores? This is Billy Procida and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Episode 200 oh yeah wow what's up everyone this is exciting yeah now see this feels like the good run of the intro you know we we had a false start earlier trying a different intro and i wasn't a fan this one this is the one where i feel the energy this one feels like episode 200 how's everybody doing welcome to the show if for some reason number 200 is the one you're starting with this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. And for episode 200, we, we will be hearing from one of my past and or present partners. Actually, we'll be hearing from two of them. I'll tell you more about this week's uh, show format in a bit. But first, I have selected a weekend. I know you've been waiting to find out when it is. Manhorkon 2018. The dates are... Going to be announced on next week's show. So make sure you tune in next week. But for now, wow, episode 200, 200 weeks, two hundred Wednesdays talking about where my dick's been. Hey, I'm shocked that y'all are still interested uh, too. So, but here we are f- nearly four years later. Um, and I think that is, is just crazy it is wild. And I, I can't begin to express, you know, how much this show has come to mean for me. And it, it seems to be that it has come to mean a lot for some of you out there, too. And I think that's just fucking awesome. I never thought when I started this podcast that the show would grow to provide a community and a support system for me. And of course, I I continue to have my past partners, my sexual history, my sex positive quest for love. I keep that still at the core, at the soul, at the heart of this podcast. So I was wondering, well, how many episodes actually feature past, uh, you know, former flames of mine? So I crunched the numbers. 41.7% of the past 199 episodes features someone from my past uh, that that is 69 women, 69 different women, many of whom do not know each other yet. They all share the same common questionable decision of at some point putting their tongue in my mouth. And I'm not, and I didn't artificially uh, come up with that number 69. I swear to God, it naturally comes to 69 have, uh, have agreed to do this show. I think the funnier stat line is how many women have not agreed to do this podcast. Yeah. I've asked 55 different women who gave me, we'll call them, very clear, expressed, and forward nose. Just to give you all a sense of like the scale of which I ask people to do the podcast, I get a shit ton of no's. It's uh, it's kind of a hard sell. Uh, a couple other fun numbers I thought would be interesting. You know, how many episodes uh, were, were, was Billy naked in them? How, how many different episodes was Billy's dick out? I think that came to nine episodes. Comes in at about like 5%. That's not typical of podcasts. You might find uh, this one a little bit more interesting. How many episodes did were, were, caused a rekindled flame? Because again, these are women. I At some point in time, we shared some sort of connection. We had some sort of chemistry that caused us to get sexual or romantic. And so... When you sit down and talk to that person for another hour or two, months or years later, sometimes that causes sparks to to fly again, right? And like with ten different women, that caused us to uh, to give it another go. Whether that was like let's try fucking again, or hey, let's try to date. That's uh, that's happened, you know, quite a few times. With ten different, with ten of the women, that's one in seven. One in seven of these episodes with my my former flames results in us trying again. I thought that was really cool. And and with two hundred episodes, I thought it'd also be cool to look back at a few first, get go down memory lane a little bit. uh, Some of the the first things of the show, for example, like the first listener I ever met up with on the from the podcast yeah that was uh that was chris Connolly up in boston what's up you at one point they wrote to me hey billy i would love to come to the naked comedy show on october 2nd and grab a beer uh, this is back in august of 2014 and uh, and we did end up getting together she did come up and and see me get naked tell jokes on stage and then bought me a beer afterwards i was like whoa podcasters can get paid in free beer this is awesome and I've also since had the pleasure of meeting, like, so many of you fan out there, whether it's here in New York City when you're visiting, or at one of my live stand-up comedy shows, or, of course, at manhorcon last year in October. So, and I'm I'm hoping to meet even more of you at manhorcon this year. Uh, also, I, you know, I was thinking about the first fan email I ever got, and I wanted, I wanted to bring it up just because... It was such an exciting moment. I remember the moment because I remember I'm I was standing in line for the bus to go to my fucking day job at a gossip magazine, and I I would I still do this, but I like obsessively refresh my Twitter, my Facebook, my email, my Twitter, my Facebook, my email. Now I have Instagram, so it's like my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, my email, my Twitter, my face. It's Manning. And the first time I had an email in the Man Pod email uh, inbox that wasn't, like, a clerical thing, uh, there wasn't, like, an email from GoDaddy. It, it was an actual listener actually asking me a question from uh, May 30th, 2014. So this was, like, shortly... This is after the Kathy episode, which I think was, like, episode uh, 7 or 8. Now, that, that may not seem like a long time to wait, but when you're doing a podcast every week for two months embarrassing yourself by putting your sex life on the internet, you're kind of hoping somebody's listening. And so I got one from Eli Eli and Kristen, this, this adorable couple in Portland, Oregon. My girlfriend and I are both bartenders who look forward to listening to your show on Thursday nights while we make dinner. We've recently begun doing this sexual awakening thing and we have found that your show gives us a lot to talk about that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise thought of. We are starting to try new things, and it's great to have some inspiration through listening to an honest guy's perspective on a variety of sexual topics. What prompted our sexual experimentation was the admission that my girlfriend has never had an orgasm. Not for me, or any other man. Nothing has worked thus far, and I would appreciate if I could ask uh, your sex researcher about female orgasms. We are specifically intrigued by The G-Spot which he has in quotation marks as if it doesn't exist people it exists but at the end you know it says needless to say we are huge fans of yours and that was really cool because that that, you know that's like from almost four years ago i did follow up try to uh like a few days ago try to be like oh i wonder what they're up to now like are they even still together do they still listen to the show when they cook and uh sadly the email address is no longer valid granted it was a yahoo email address so maybe they finally got their shit together and got on gmail but that was kind of sad because I, I i wanted to know what was up with that dude oh well uh i love 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 getting your emails at manhorpod at gmail.com i love 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 interacting with you on social media so i thought oh my god wh- who were the first people to do that like what was the first tweet about the manwhor podcast well the answer is uh June 4th, the day before my birthday. June 4th, 2014, at Jenny Drinks, she uh, she tweets at a girl monster, I actually was just meaning to tell you about a podcast you'll really like. Check out the Manhor podcast. Now, that may not seem significant or worthwhile to you, but that's extremely worthwhile to me because she's recommend the show To a friend and her followers, and you have no idea how important that is. Podcasts, unless it gets like some kind of huge Huffington Post esque news coverage, the main way people find us, one of the most trusted ways people will uh, try a new podcast is from a friend recommendation. So many times, it's like, you know, what my friend recommended this show. I know it's a sex show. I know it has whore in the title. But I promise you, there are more people like you than you think. I know all you conservatives uh, who tell me that you're, you're, you have to keep listening to my show on the down low. There's a lot more people in your area like you. If, you're, if you exist there, others may exist there too. And it, it means so much to me to get a recommendation from you to your friends, to your social media followers. Uh, because that's honestly the, the best way to help me grow and expand this show. And, uh, and then, you know, this is another cool, this is the last one I want to share. The last first is my first patron. As many of y'all know, Patreon is, is one of the main ways I'm able to make income from this podcast is a huge source of financial support as, as well as emotional support. And I remember when I launched it back in March of 2015, I had been doing the show for about a year and I felt like I was ready to. To launch something like that and i did and you know days into having it up i got my first patron a two dollar pledge from jennifer c and i i gotta be honest with y'all i remember when that first pledge came in i was so fucking excited so fucking excited in fact uh, i had like three pledges in my first two days uh two of them are still patrons to this day jennifer c and lance what's up big man lance and she's still a member to this day. She's actually raised her pledge to $4 a month. So she has been a patron of mine for like three years consistently. And that's really fucking cool. Speaking of Patreon, hey, sales pitch. Uh, this is when some of you are going to scrub forward. And hopefully uh, all y'all will listen and take this to heart. Um, <laughs> as I said, Patreon, that's it's the best way to support me financially with this podcast to become not just to give me money, but to become a member of our community. We have grown uh, through Patreon such a a couple of really cool communities. We've got the Champagne Room, which is our super secret Facebook group for patrons only. We have a lot of great discussion topics there. We share you know fun sex and dating and poly related memes, but we also have some really great discussions. Uh, I like to put out some polls, let y'all vote on the episode titles. Uh, we've had some really deep serious discussions about love and relationships and we've had some really funny conversations like every sunday we do sexual achievement sunday and people just share like what they've gone up to that week in addition to that we've got the peep show which is our super exclusive kick group where we share naughty photos of each other think of the body part that also starts with the same letter as tuesday and you'll get an idea what we're talking about i am putting a challenge to my to my fan horse if we can reach one thousand dollars a month pledged by April sixteenth, which is the four year anniversary of the very first man whore podcast, if we hit thousand dollars by April sixteenth, I will begin to produce an additional man whore podcast every month for everyone. You know, so we get an episode, a new episode every Wednesday, and I'll throw in an additional one, uh, like the last, the last Monday of every month. That just means more man whore podcasts in your ears and you need to help be a part of making that happen for everyone. Head on over to patreon.com slash man whore podcast. Throw down a buck. Let's help. Let's make this happen. Let's hit this goal. Again, the link is patreon.com slash man whore podcast. And now for this week's show, episode 200. Yes, we are here. So if you remember, episode 100, I turned the mics around a little bit, and I interviewed a pair of people who used to hook up with each other, and I talked to them about sex and dating and why they didn't work out. Well, we're spinning the mics around again. This week, I have two fan whores, two loyal listeners, uh, with whom I've, I've shared a sexual space, and... I allowed them to interview me. And many of you listeners uh, were so gracious as to provide some questions for them to, to help them out. You had some really great ones in there. We we some questions that I was certainly not expecting. And we had a really great conversation, the three of us. Um their names are Kenzie and Lindsay. Two super cute, super hot gals, super fun, super sexual, super queer, um, just amazing individuals that like I feel lucky. I was allowed to, you know, see them naked and stuff. So uh, we sat down. We we get into things that really have never come up on this show. I'm so used to interviewing and getting to know other people that there's a lot of stuff about me y'all still don't know. We're talking about gambling. We're talking about my family. We're talking about my favorite porn stars. Let's go ahead and sit down with me, Kenzie, and Lindsay, celebrating. Two hundred episodes of the Man War podcast. Fantastic! <laughs> if you all just want to say some words and things, um,
2: words, Stuff. things, deep throat the mic, deep, deep throat the mic. I mean, there are other things Throwing. one
0: could deep throat. I feel like in this <laughs> room. Right
2: now,
3: I can't interview you while I'm deep throating <laughs> anything.
0: Kenzie, don't limit yourself.
2: Just, <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I could be here to be an interpreter at least. <laughs> <It's>
0: true. Google, <laughs> <laughs> Google. That means, you know, what's your favorite color?
3: <laughs> I mean, I was learning ASL for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother tried to teach me ASL, so like.
0: Because your grandmother was too busy sucking dicks while trying to communicate. <laughs>
3: I mean she did tell me when i was younger to be sluttier um
0: really (laughs) yeah okay grandma (laughs) yeah when
3: i when i first had like a boyfriend in um (laughs) in like middle school my grandmother was very disappointed in me she was like you need to play the field (laughs) you need to like you can't just like settle down, you have to play the field. Well, I mean, in middle school,
2: in middle school, I mean. But even
3: through like <laughs> college, she passed away right before I graduated college and she was always giving me that advice. <laughs> and then a few months later, I decided to be polyamorous in her honor.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Take that okay, family. Okay, grandma. Fantastic. Well, uh, ladies, we are we are here for episode 200.
2: We are indeed I, yeah what? wow that's ridiculous I how have we made it this far i'm I shocked
0: how are people still listening i, I don't know.
2: know i don't know who well, hasn't roasted you to death yet well
0: y'all two are fans so you probably can answer that better than me i've
3: only stuck around for a year uh-huh. i don't think i've
2: listened to every episode either
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: I know, like, once you, once you sleep with them, it just sort of goes downhill from there.
2: Honestly, that
0: was the, Sophia did the show, and that was the first, like, listener I ever slept with. Uh-huh. And, I, and and then when I had her on the show, like, back in June, she said, uh, yeah, I don't listen that much anymore. I listen sometimes. I was mm-hmm. like, well, when did you stop listening? She's like, yeah, like, a little after I slept with you. I was uh-huh. like, oh, I gotta stop doing that. I'm gonna lose
3: I think I downgraded my Patreon at one point after that. <laughs> but that was just because I quit my job.
0: <laughs> F- the funnier story is to say, like, you know, it wasn't as good as I thought. Yeah, so only was, five dollars a month. Yeah, it was, five
3: good, it was good enough for five dollars a month, but, but not the ten
2: dollars tier. Yeah, friends, it's, it's like he $10 does $10. try.
0: He does try hard. <laughs> <He>
2: try. <laughs> but it's in a lot of effort.
0: Mm-hmm. A <laughs> lot of effort. <laughs> well, I wanted to introduce right now. I'm sitting here with Lindsay and Kenzie.
3: Hello. Hi.
0: Uh, inverse names. The Lindsay want to say hi.
3: Hello,
0: Lindsay. Hi, I'm Kenzie. <laughs> and and I'm that whore boy that y'all uh, listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I can feel the eye rolls coming already. Is this what it's like to listen to me? Am I watching y'all listen to me and, and seeing the actual reaction?
2: Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for this 200th episode, I thought it'd be interesting to have listeners slash people I've been intimate with mm-hmm. uh interview me uh, for a change we
3: like to continue making questionable life choices yeah. yes forever and always <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> uh, so before we get into that part I thought it'd be good to like contextualize briefly like what our interactions are uh, so I don't know Kenzie do you want to start with like uh. That question <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, huh? oh, God. Gosh. Uh,
3: okay. Yeah, I mean... Must
0: I revisit? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I don't know. I was listening for a couple of months, and then I was... Uh, we both got, like, dumped at around the same time. The first time Paige broke up with you, I uh, had a partner break up with me, and I slid into your DMs at one point and somehow got you to agree to drive to boston to meet up with me because i was going to be on the east coast
0: for like 10 hours
3: well no i was there i was up in fucking maine making worse life choices for a while um and uh yeah i was in boston for one night and convinced you to come meet up with me and then i don't know you kept trying to sex me for a while and one thing led to another now you're in fucking sacramento and
2: here we are (laughs) yeah yeah uh i don't remember who slid into whose dms to be completely honest um but i i think it happened after i supported you on patreon because at that point i um had one of my own i had a patreon Mm. that i was um pimping back then but has since gone away because i just wasn't feeling i was producing enough content for it um but I think I backed your Patreon and then you messaged me because my Patreon is about the sex work that I do. So uh, <laughs> uh, you were like, hey. <laughs> hey. Great and tits. I, uh, yeah. a- <laughs> and then I think it continued into Twitter DMs um, and then me making you jerk off a decent amount.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like I don't know why but I feel like I need this specific per- person's permission to come yeah there's like yeah. an aura you give out where it's like you better fucking ask
2: yeah <laughs> it's true and I think that yeah that's like the mass majority of our interaction has been that <laughs> <laughs> and and you accidentally sending me onto my Apple watch oh,
0: oh is- right <laughs> yeah oops
2: a picture of your ass with a plug in it <laughs> while I was at a game night <laughs> See, I got that picture as well a little bit afterwards, but he asked yeah. permission. Yeah. I <laughs> learned. I learned. Yeah.
3: Like, I don't know. 30 minutes later. <laughs> however long later you. I mean, it's st- like, is this safe?
2: Is this channel safe? It's like, what are you talking about? Is oh, this a
0: secure network. Is this
2: a secure line. Can we have this is important <laughs> confidential information? Right. ask picture.
0: Yeah. Uh, 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 I feel like if it was on your watch and I'd asked first, that would have been a welcome picture. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, well, because then I would like step away and not like pull it up on my watch, you know, (laughs) sitting next to like four other people, three of which I work with. (laughs) I was like, whoa, (laughs) hello. Yeah, I've made that mistake before. My ex had an Apple Watch. and
0: And And then last week at AVN, like we finally actually were... To, like, we met yeah. up in person for... So we
2: roomed at AVN together. Uh, You were already going to go, and then I was going for kind of work stuff, um, and just for fun, and uh, I was like, hey, let's combine forces and rent a badass room, and...
0: It was a badass room? It was a badass <laughs> oh fucking my room. It was just a tub in the middle of the bathroom, I or the took, bedroom.
2: I took five baths while we were there <laughs> for, like... Three days.
0: <laughs> I feel bad because I still, I actually never ended up taking a bath Why and that's tub. I was busy ruining my life or interviewing porn stars. It's true.
2: It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, while, I w- while we were in Vegas, I was there with my best friend that came to do my hair and makeup uh, for the weekend and then uh, one of my partners and... Um, <laughs> Billy asked if he could watch me and my partner fuck And I was like yeah sounds fun And then halfway through my partner was like You want to suck Billy's dick Well, <laughs> well I fuck you And I was like uh sure
0: <laughs> Sounds fun
2: And then yeah literally had Billy's dick in my mouth Before we ever kissed
0: so. Yeah. Nice. Which is not how I normally like to go about things unless it's a glory hole in Queens. Otherwise, I <laughs> usually prefer to like make out with someone first, but.
2: I mean, situationally, it just yeah. happened. It yeah. wasn't like I'm not complaining or anything. It just. <laughs> just gotta
3: go with the flow. Relationship anarchy, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, so that's how y'all, uh, you know, one would say qualify to be on the show. And yeah. I thought who better to interview me than people who listen, but have also, you know, seen me naked. So. <laughs> Uh, we opened the, we opened things up for questions. People could, uh, email the show at a special email address that I was not going to be checking or reading. And I forwarded it to these two ladies, uh, so they could, uh, put your words in their mouths. And I'm sure y'all maybe have questions yourselves and couldn't kind of see where it goes. But, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that we have some questions and some of these are really long winded guys. Yeah. Calm down. We don't need this much background information. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask the question. This podcast is not about
0: you. <laughs> This is about me.
2: (laughs) So, um, and there's an interesting mix, though. You guys did a good job of stuff that's pertaining specifically to the podcast and then stuff that's pertaining to just Billy as a human.
0: I guess. I guess he's a human. I suppose. I don't know. I don't think I do it well, but...
3: (laughs) We'll try. try to humanize you try, him. And yeah. that's why we give you money everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Keep
2: we'll try trying, to humanize kid. him more today with these questions. Maybe sure. you'll get a little more insight into the magical mind <laughs> of Billy Prasida.
0: I was so nervous <laughs> you were going to mispronounce my last name.
2: I was gonna I almost did it on purpose, but that was because of the whole like saying the wrong name all weekend oh yeah I, I got
0: i got her partner's name wrong uh, initially and no one's letting me forget it
2: no no all seriously all weekend or week at avn my best friend kept calling him different names
0: that started with b <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean her i got oh yeah her i got wrong a lot.
2: no but i mean she purposely like she had made that decision to call you the wrong name oh, over no, I and knew. over again <laughs> i got
0: it i understood that look if you're listening i know you're you were disgruntled i guess. <laughs>
2: She's kind of just a shit, too. So,
0: <laughs> But yeah, so from now on, I say uh, y'all two are leading the way on this thing. I'm going to do my best not to continue to interrupt women, which is apparently what I'm making a living on. Uh, I'm,
3: um. STEM, I'm used to it. Do <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to start? Oh, God.
2: What question do you want to ask first? <laughs> There's a lot of options. I oh, know. Should we start with a lighthearted one? Let's start with a lighthearted okay, one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, <clears throat> warm up some foreplay <laughs> just a little bit you know a little cupping um <laughs> uh so kind of a scenario you finish a billy fuck fest which is i'm gonna trademark that somebody should trademark that um you finish a billy fuck fest and you reclaim your hunger one of those make me a sandwich kind of moments what kind of sandwich two pieces of bread and something in the middle would you make <laughs>
0: Grilled cheese with bacon. It's not.
2: (laughs) And you literally ate that last night. Is that just like a thing for
0: you? I eat like seven (laughs) foods.
2: Yeah, he eats like an eight-year-old. You do eat like an eight-year-old. My partner was so disappointed that you don't like Asian food. I cannot tell you.
0: (laughs) 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 And that always confuses people. They go like, what do you mean Asian food? I'll be like, Asian food, as in food that is Asian, as in from the continent of Asia. And then they go on the list. I'm like, how is that not? Korean food? Yes. Japanese food? Yes. Indian food? In Asia, therefore, yes. I was like, I don't under, Russian food, where in Russia? Because <laughs> it might be a yes, too.
2: <laughs> what portion, what portion of?
0: <laughs> yes, it's just East Asia, Eurasia. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm a- I I'm also impartial to peanut butter sandwiches growing Should up. Just peanut, peanut butter? Just peanut butter.
2: Okay Nothing yes, else Yes a lot
0: of mothers Were very confused by me When I went over their They're kids like, house wait
2: No jelly What No jelly I mean you're just Saving them supplies At this point okay. So Yeah they I can't thought can't complain
0: I never understand When people are upset I go like I'm making the job Easier for you It's one less step
2: Yeah For sure Do you, Have you ever had A grilled peanut butter sandwich
0: Wait what You can do that <laughs> Yes It's super good It's super good Yeah
2: you like Butter the outside of it And either pan fry Or like I put it In the
0: oven too And then sure. it's like
2: Gooey peanut butter uh-huh. Oh <gasps> so good
0: i did uh, a few months ago put in between i mean i was gonna make two grilled cheese one with peanut, uh, chocolate covered pretzels in the middle and the other one i was gonna do uh something i think i was gonna do bacon i realized oh shit i don't have bacon and i realized i didn't have cheese so this that's whole
2: plan just <laughs> fell out the window
0: <laughs> fell, fell through <laughs> however oh no the bacon was there didn't have cheese so plan fell through i was like i'll get peanut butter so i go make the peanut butter sandwiches and in the middle of one of them i did end up cooking and putting bacon Okay. And that was great.
2: In a peanut butter. Okay. Oh, yeah. I guess I could see that. Oof.
0: And then the yeah. other one I put in um, these like Entimins cookies, like little chocolate chip cookies. Okay. And they're very soft dough. Mm. And that was also a really good decision.
2: So they weren't crunchy.
0: No.
3: I just realized something. Do you like French toast? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a hand forever, but like I like Asian it. food? Hong Kong style French toast. Two pieces of, of bread, peanut butter, grilled French toast. Oh. Uh,
0: but from Asia? No. It's Hong Kong style. I I, I wouldn't touch it.
2: But you wouldn't wh- touch it. On principle. Just, you, I was going to say, you just ruined it because you just have to sneak the yeah. thing in. Be like, try this thing. And then he's like, oh, this is delicious.
0: And you're like, haha, <laughs> fuck you. It's Asian food. <laughs> I'm seven. That's how you got to do it.
2: Jesus Christ. All right, (laughs) I think we've uh, thoroughly covered the sandwich question. (laughs) the The answer was just just for reference: (laughs) a grilled cheese sandwich with bacon.
0: If you were taking notes,
2: if you're taking taking notes, notes, there'll be a quiz. A quiz.
3: It's it's midterm season. That's all I'm thinking
2: about. (laughs) All right, Uh, do you want to do the next one?
0: They're both way, you two are, by the way, way more prepared than I ever am to do this podcast. Lindsay's got a whole laptop out. Kenzie's got an iPad and a notebook. I have a notebook that I usually leave blank. I mean, this was like when I interviewed Jay Taylor, this is at the end of the interview. This is what it looked like. Okay. Pretty blank. Okay.
3: Uh, Well, speaking of keeping notes, uh, that leads us into, do you still keep your fuck spreadsheet and what is on it? like uh, what what do you keep notes on in that
0: it's way underwhelming uh it, there was never the spreadsheet only happened because of the podcast oh, okay. that was to help keep track of guests who have asked before like where are they mm-hmm. which is the creepy part but again this is to me i'm like i'm booking a show this yeah. is <laughs> yeah pretend it wasn't people who made out with me it's uh so like it's like names where they are are we facebook friends uh have they done the show have they not etc there's a a notes section uh so if like they it was a heavy no like don't ask again stuff like that uh the 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 thing that's like the ongoing list is just it's just like a little notepad Mm -hmm. on my computer and just like has the list of the names and then it has like the bases next to it (laughs) so it just says name and the base and if it's like if it's second or third base then it says g or r for giving or receiving or
2: so that's what I want you to define, because I feel like the bases are still kind of fluffy, yeah, especially sure. when it comes...
3: Yeah, heteronormative.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I am very hetero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we are uh, very
2: queer. Lindsay
0: just looked so disappointed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so, like, define your bases for me.
0: Well, I also never got a proper teaching of it because I was not cool growing up. But you're
2: also using them, so you have yeah. some sort of quantification. Well,
0: part of it is a habit, to quote like whatever
2: words mean things.
0: Yes, <laughs> but the thing is, like I, I started it back when I had such limited understanding of any of it, okay. and I mostly i kept this list mostly out of habit yeah because i'm a creature of like oh well i should just keep doing the thing mm-hmm. and uh, and at the time i was using these base numbers and i was like i guess that's just my code if i updated it to today i'm sure it might look a little different mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't use bases i would probably have like a whole codified sheet like a like a what do they call it like a key list mm-hmm. or something where you have a key, just a key. key. Mm-hmm. yeah you're smart i'm not uh <laughs> And I would probably just do it that way. But right now, like what? First base making out, second, uh, some sort of like genital hand stuff fondling, okay. or maybe like a titty in the mouth. Okay. Third, oral, fourth, fucking, and if there was a rim job involved, then I I add plus an RJ. Okay,
2: all right. Because you know those
0: those girls are special and they deserve recognition.
2: <laughs> and and I what I discovered while um on this AVN trip is that Billy likes receiving rim jobs but not giving them. Not He's an equal opportunist. That not an equal opportunist. Yeah.
0: Not when it comes to rimming. I don't know why. <laughs> I've, I've rimmed two people. But I've licked two buttholes. <clears throat> I almost licked the third. I think I almost licked my girlfriend's at one point, but I haven't. Uh, I licked my exes. And um, if you remember Emily, the physical therapist, yes. we had like a full anal night once. Yeah. It was like full on just tonight we're doing all the butt things. All of them. So like there was like fucking my butt with things. There was me fucking her ass. She rimmed me. I rimmed her. And then I, I, I tried to lick my exes once and uh, but I think she was a little drunk and I was like oh but this is like an opportunity for me to like give like and so I start licking and she goes like no pussy
1: <laughs> no
0: I want pussy and then I think I made the mistake where I went like asked to pussy licking oh, uh, no. it was very momentary rimming but rimming nonetheless
2: I mean unless somebody's like per- like.
0: Very cleaned out and prepared for that. Yes,
2: it's a bad bad yeah. direction to go. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. She was pretty clean cleaned up. That's why I took my opportunity. It's like, you know what, it's clean now and I just you know, I'm in that headspace. I think I can do it. And I love this person. <laughs> a big part of it is I love this person. <laughs>
2: Rimming equals love. Pegging equals marriage. Yes, yes.
3: I'm taking an entire class right now on all the diseases that can be transmitted that way. Oh Oh, gosh.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so the Please
2: Don't tell my boyfriend. (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, So so yeah.
2: Flashcards. (laughs) Don't don't tell him.
0: Uh, So yeah, it's just like a like a little doc with like a running list in chronological order, and then the spreadsheet is just that list, but in a spreadsheet where I can like keep track of my guests and potential guests and people who don't want to do the show and things like that you know that ways i don't i don't harass like the same person over and over because i forget that i've already like contacted them
2: um billy is like one of the most forgetful people i've ever met actually now Not over <laughs> this last like what would i you know? forget a million things besides forget. the
0: besides the letting you in part that was the only <laughs> that was my fault
2: you forgot we were even staying in a suite I had like sent you the link to the suite, and you were like, "Wait,
0: where are we what? staying?" I didn't forget. Two
2: weeks later, you're like, "Wait, what?" And I sent you the link again. And you're like, "This is really nice." I'm like, "Did you not <laughs> fucking look at it?" I looked
0: at the <laughs> price and location. I was like, "I'm in, sure."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the simple uh, man, and just a, a sm- smattering of other things. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, forgetful Frank. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Uh, um, so at one point uh, Early on there You mentioned there was a big falling out With your family And you didn't go home for Xmas Or Thanksgiving um, And somebody was curious about what happened there I know too that you have kind of Reconciled some of that And you've been yeah. closer with your family again yeah.
0: um, So
2: what Let's happened? Let's get into it <laughs> Let's, talk Let's about get into family. that
0: fucking dirt <laughs> I, uh, I've never really fit in with my family All this will probably sound dumb But I don't really fit in with my family They're all very Typically attractive, I've always been typically attractive people, very good sports, very sociable, like, always had a lot of friends, very popular. Mm-hmm. I was smart, uh, read books, I was a little chunkier, I didn't know how to talk to kids. I got bullied incessantly. I have a, I don't know how, my dad didn't exactly know how to talk to me, because he was popular, his brothers were popular, he doesn't understand why I'm having trouble with kids my own age my dad was the type who says like you go in there and you punch the kid in the face and no one's gonna fuck with you and i was like i don't want to punch anybody yeah i just want to everyone to be nice to me um so i've never really fit in too well we also hold different value systems Mm -hmm. in my opinion at least Uh, i went to a boarding school it was like a character education boarding school a lot of seminaring a lot of talking about your feeling a lot like personal growth but it also had a family component so Mm -hmm. You're seminaring every week, but like a couple times a year, the whole family is supposed to come up. We have family weekend and then all the families are seminaring together. Yeah. My family didn't really do that part. Hmm. So I was at the school for four years trying to grow and change myself. And I'm learning these, um, these words and these principles. And my parent, my mom would go. Hmm. She went almost the entire time. My dad tried once or twice. I think my sisters did like one weekend, but it wasn't really for them. Yeah. So at the school, I, for four years learned one set of things and they kind of were doing their thing. So one of the core things that really made sense to me that I learned and I really just embodied was, um, um, uh, uh tr- truth, over harmony. Hmm. And I always describe my, my family as a little bit more harmony over truth. I think a lot of, a lot of people, my, I families. would say
2: my family's like that too. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Let's keep it nice. Let's not have a fight. Can't we just have a nice yeah. dinner?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And I'm like, no, we can have a nice dinner cuz like that, you you said some fucked up racist yeah. thing. Like <laughs> I, Sounds I, very and telling I want to talk family. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know
1: so, that feel. Yeah.
0: So there was a Thanksgiving where I went home and uh just for just a lot of time I come from a very spoiled area of New Jersey. I grew up spoiled. I won't say I didn't grow up spoiled. I like to think I wasn't a brat about it. <laughs> totally. I'm sure I was I had my bratty moments, <laughs> but I would never call myself like a spoiled brat. Um but like a lot of, I mean, I come from an area of New Jersey where like you crash when you're 16 and crash, uh, the BMW you got for your birthday, like daddy will just buy you a Get new you a one. A new one. Yeah. A new beamer. <laughs> but like it'll be certified pre-owned because, you know, you already fucked up the first one and you'll bitch that it's certified pre-owned. Right.
2: But it's not brand spanking oh, new. It's
0: so the mm-hmm. type of place. I mean, like, I think they shot one of those like sweet 16 episodes on MTV was oh, like gosh. in our area. I think my, like my, one of my sisters went to that. To a Sweet 16 MTV show thing. So that's where I came from. I've grown that disdain and contempt for where I grew up. I do not like the culture. I do not like the environment. As you've both witnessed, I am not a like man who's all about this. I'm not very materialistic. I'm cheap, not by uh always by necessity, but by just like preference. And that whole that whole culture is not Bergen County, the 201. I mean, we have a line in in Ludacris's song area codes. Yeah. We're in there. It's like a you know, it's like three one three, two oh one, too much green, too much fun. Ugh. Like that's where I grew up. And I went to this boarding school where you think boarding school is all these like preppy rich kids, right? But I went to a school where a lot of these kids this is the last hope of not like overdosing or going to jail or just having a relationship with their families. A lot of them were on a lot of drugs or they were stealing, not going to school. And mm. there's me, this fucking like very adorable, shy virgin who didn't know how to make friends. <laughs> mm. Didn't fit in there either. <laughs> but I watched kids who like their families need them to go here. And I I worked admissions three of the four years there. I watched families talk about, try to figure out how to get like a, take out a double mortgage on their homes just so their kids could go here. Yeah. So I watched not well-off families. I watched um, a lot of, uh, 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 financial aid families, and so I really learned the value of like money, and that like I—that's where I learned I had it good. Because mm-hmm. although I was at this like nice Connecticut boarding school, it, it was a, a full of a lot of kids who normally couldn't go to like just any other boarding school. Sure, and that mixed in with the truth over harmony stuff—we a lot of times butt heads. I'm stubborn. That doesn't help either. So my family would say, like, I probably like argue a lot about things. I say, oh, I think these things are important. Mm-hmm. And there's a Thanksgiving where uh, we come home. I've never liked people fucking in being in my room when I'm not home. Uh, but as I got out of college, I started realizing, like, this just isn't like my room. So I can't really claim ownership now that I live in New York City.
2: Yeah, that you don't live there anymore.
0: <clears throat> right. But like, I still prefer like a respect. I definitely don't prefer people fucking in my room. But again, I can't. Hold that, especially when I had a sister who was still in college and would have friends over for college. So we came home from Thanksgiving at the big of family Thanksgiving thing. We get home. And before I walk upstairs, someone says to me, Billy, uh, we just want to warn you. you, you so, the, Kelly had a party. And like so someone was in your bed and they broke your bed. <laughs> People were fucking in my bed and then broke the bed. And then I knew who. They told me who. And I said, okay, cool. It was like he's gonna come over and fix it, and they were like, no, no, no. no. It's just I was like, no, no, no. Uh, I, I won't say his name, but like uh, he needs to pay for that. He's an adult. Yeah. He adultly broke a bed. He adultly. While- yeah. <laughs> Guys. Like, adultly. <laughs> like an adult, he broke this bed while fucking a chick who was. <laughs> He cheated on his girlfriend, fucking this chick none of us like in my bed, broke it, and then doesn't want to claim responsibility. These kids have been fucking up my mom's house for years and just not caring because they don't, they don't have to fucking work. And so I was just, it was just kind of like a last straw and other things. And so like I kind of made a stand. I was like, no, 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 because I have his number. I'm like, you need to come over and like fix this. And they were like, no, and you can't tell people because then uh, they're gonna know that he was cheating on her, and that's a big thing. And then my dad started be like, I'll fix it. Like, no, dad, it's really important to me. That this kid who I knew somewhat well, I was like, it's important to me. He comes over and fixes this. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe this is, this is in retrospect, I know dumb, but it's really important to me at the time. And it just became a shouting match where for some reason my bed got broken by people cheating in it and not wanting to fix it themselves. And then I was the asshole because I wanted like a 21 year old kid punk to learn the value of like when you break something you fix it or you pay for it yeah, yeah. and so it'd be this it big fight and again it's culmination of it. it's not like there's yeah. one thing it's, yeah, it's the culmination of, the of a drive, lot of stuff it's thing. a lot of things where it's like clearly we just see do not see eye to eye on some of these things so i left and i didn't talk to them for like two years hmm. um i saw them for my grandmother's funeral and then a few months later after that funeral i started um i hit up my mom and then I introduced Paige to my mom, mm-hmm. and then I like I had like a like a meal with my father, and was like, "Let's talk. I have a lot of baggage and a lot of resentment, so I want to, I want to go into that." And my dad and I had like a really good four hour talk at this place, and you know, I, it was the beginning, and I, and we started rekindling things. The sisters is a little easier because you're talking to peers, um, in in a way, and it just things have been getting better, and so now like. I go and I have dinner with my dad. I have and his wife. I'm not a fan of. And I, I have.
2: I mean, you went to the wedding too, mm-hmm. so.
0: Well, it, yeah, but at the same time, it was like it was at a it was at a Grateful Dead concert. Yeah. And he got married backstage at the Grateful Dead concert by Bob Weir himself. Of course, I'm fucking going. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch you marry your boring wife. It's okay. Your boring wife. It's just Cold. you know she's very nice. It's just there's not I don't see the thing that makes her interesting. And my dad even if I'm I'm not even his biggest fan all the time but if you meet my dad you'd be like oh this guy's like a party mm-hmm. and then she's like huh um,
2: maybe he needs somebody that's not a party
0: yeah but you know it's <laughs> someone with personality would be could nice. you just
2: imagine me with another me though yeah, it doesn't
0: have to be with another him but you know like, <laughs> so, like a low key but with you know I don't know I don't i don't want to trash her too much um (laughs) she's very nice if you made the mistake of listening to this this is your mistake you shouldn't listen it's don't listen to your don't listen to your stepson's sex podcast yeah
2: don't listen to your stepson's fuck show yeah
0: which does sound like the name of a porno right like (laughs) stepson fuck show so things have gotten better uh but it took a lot and uh i will credit my ex with a lot of like encouraging of like i should because I've never been the type where it's like, oh, because family is not an excuse for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. It seems arbitrary just because yeah. DNA is linking us. Oh, I gotta give you a huge excusals. I was like, no. I'll give you 200 free passes. That's what fa- that's what DNA gets you for me. And but eventually you run out. Mm-hmm. And uh, but things are better, and I, I feel better about them. And uh, I know my mother and my my parents are thrilled that I'm back there was definitely a lot of like prodigal son i actually didn't even realize until this past christmas this is the first christmas i had been to since 2013 oh wow because wow. 2014 was the first one i skipped then 2015 i skipped as well 2016 i was at pages mm-hmm. so i was talking to everyone again but Paige came to thanksgiving for me and then i went to christmas in pittsburgh so um in it was my first christmas in four years and i had no idea and I was like, "Why is Mom like so emotional and wanting to cry all the time?" And I didn't fucking realize like I've been gone four years in a way when it came to Christmas. So and that
2: and parents are so like attached to those holidays. Yeah, I'm also
0: the eld- I'm also the eldest child. I'm the only <laughs> son, so I think there's also a factor there. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the family thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the, the situation itself seems dumb and silly, but it, it's just like there's I have a lot of resentment about both towards both towards where I grew up and the, my family itself because my family does play into some of that or used to play into a lot of that um, that culture of like wealth and like let's mm-hmm. go on and you know, have nice things and we need a new dress for every sweet 16 that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just mm-hmm. never that kid. So it was just a lot of build up it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> would you ever have a family member on the show?
0: Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. Just what none would, of them would.
3: What would you want to ask them? Oh,
0: we would just, I would do the same thing we normally do. I would just, well, let's talk. Uh, <laughs> it just depends on the family member. I think with dad, <laughs> Uh, I mean, my dad has had in, uh, infidelity problems in, when, when he was younger mm-hmm. and ultimately drove to the their divorce. And I would want to ask him questions because there was a really beautiful moment. I remember I was in a deli in like Angle Cliffs, New Jersey, or, like Fort Lee, New Jersey. So my, si- my, my middle sister, Morgan, and my dad, we're having lunch. And I think my dad's on the cusp of like divorce number four or five, mm. all with the same woman. It's my dad and my parents. <laughs> My parents together, split up and apart, got back to together, go- yeah.
2: apart, together. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Precisely. And I think we asked him, towards like divorce three, four, five, like I think we're just like, dude, just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you still fighting? And there's this beautiful moment where we're just in a fucking deli in New Jersey, like, well, she's my first love. Mm-hmm. And I forget that sometimes. My dad. And my pa- mom like met in high school, and they'd been together since high school. Yeah, I don't know, if, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, something like that. But they stayed together there, and then they stayed married for almost twenty seven years. So, like, I forget that, and so I would definitely want to talk to him about that. My mom, I would want to talk to about. I would want to ask about strength, um, about taking someone who cheats on you that much back, um. About autonomy, my mom was a nurse. Mm-hmm. My mom, so my mom totally worked, didn't have to. My dad, since <clears throat> pretty much since like they got married, he's like, "Look, you don't have to work. I got, I, I got. I'm working with Trump. Like, I'm doing good. Like, we're we're fine. We got a house."
2: Your dad voice is killing me. <laughs> yes.
0: I'm, I, I, My sisters say that doesn't sound like him, but to me, that voice is what my dad is, is to that me.
2: Caricature in yeah. your brain. yes basically.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And. And, um, but, and so she coached like the local girls basketball team, Mm -hmm. 10 consecutive undefeated championship seasons, no big deal, seventh and eighth grade girls, but hey, (laughs) so she, and she was working, she worked until she got pregnant with my youngest sister and at the third kid, it was like, okay. So I would, she then left a career and now then at the divorce, then she had to get, try to find a new job and get a career and herself. And now she's working, doing great, but. Uh, I would want to ask her about that, about like giving up something that you love doing that you didn't need to do that did was a viable career. <clears throat> and then also about like uh, dating post divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my dad would probably just have good stories. Like if I we talked about the women he's dated since divorcing my mom. Hilarious. Just really good stuff. So I would probably ask them about that. My my youngest sister would be uh, my my youngest sister had a boyfriend die a couple years ago. Oh, and. I would definitely want to talk about that because that still is a thing. I mean, this is, still affects her hard Um, because this is like, you know, arguably probably like her first real like adult love and, mm-hmm. you know, she was in college and yeah. so we'll probably talk about that. And now she is like she's 22 and she's off like volunteering in Bali right now. She just got there and uh, so we'll probably just talk. Morgan would be interesting because I think we have very different views on not just sex, but definitely on dating and love. hmm like, she's the one who I'm, I'm surprised isn't already married type. Mm-hmm. So and you have
2: two sisters? I have two
0: little sisters, yeah. yes. Uh, one is 17 months younger than me, Morgan. And then the other one's like five years younger than me, Kelly. Okay. And I would probably want to talk to Morgan about like, I mean, we probably just talk about sex Thing. I mean, the amount of times I've had to explain to her polyamory or like the concept of gender like yes. with, with my girlfriend and, and things like that. I think she still has a hard time understanding like, and y'all are just cool with this? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so that answers the question i had about coming out if you come out to your parents about polyamory
0: they always knew i was some kind of like non-monogamous i don't know if i've ever like sat down and be like guys i'm poly yeah. and they'd be like cool pass the bread i don't fucking yeah. care i think they're just like okay he's not gay like that's that was the big concern yeah. growing up <laughs> yeah
2: it's for me it's one of the topics that i haven't broached with my parents by the fact that i'm in, in my 30s because I already have been dealing long term with the fact that they still don't accept that I'm queer, mm-hmm. like at all,
0: like just pretend it doesn't have, exist. Well, how they do it because I don't think you can bring them and they think like she's totally straight.
2: Um, they think I'm straight. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so my partners generally are currently uh, of masculine nature some feminine parts but well, he's but got
0: fabulous hair and fabulous like gray hair gray fabulous nails
2: way better nails than me ever ways wears way better makeup than me ever but because when we first started seeing each other um he wasn't like that he was very masculine mm. um and has transitioned slowly to being more feminine gotcha okay they still view him
0: as the the, the boy they met
2: exactly so, I mean, we're both goth kids, so we've always been kind of ridiculous and fabulous. And that's, I think that's what they a- attribute it to instead of it being a gender thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my parents still to this day don't even acknowledge that I'm queer so it's like, why? Why would I add another thing onto this pile when we can't? We can't even get past that first thing. So why am I even yeah. going to add another thing? I think
3: I broached the polyamory <laughs> thing first. I kind of had to because, like, I started dating someone who was married. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's really no choice. This person very obviously has a spouse. Yeah. And I- I either don't acknowledge them in my life or just like, hey, dad, like, I've got a boyfriend. He's got a wife. (laughs) Sometimes I play with both of them. (laughs) Leave that part out.
0: Yeah, I think as soon as like they found out about the porno I did, it was just like, okay, whatever. He's doing something. Uh,
3: (laughs) I haven't done that yet, dad, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, I I,
0: I think they're they're fine. They just want me to be happy type of thing. They may not understand. Um, I only just started like broaching the the gender topic with them recently mm-hmm. um but yeah they're fine they don't care about that stuff like i said i think my dad was a little i think everyone was not concerned like they were like oh he better not be gay i just think they were like billy cries a lot and he's probably very
2: well could be gay <laughs>
0: very probable they didn't bring home a girl for a long time so yeah they're they're fine
2: and i brought so many girls home in high school and nobody fucking said anything because they didn't know right. so they were like in complete denial as an adult i came, came out to my mom. She still like pretends like it didn't happen. Um, but I was like, yeah, I, I've always liked guys and girls. And in high school, I, I slept with mostly women. Like I didn't sleep with guys until I was pretty much out of high school. And she called me back like 20 minutes later and was like, Lindsay? you had a lot of girls over in high school and we did not have an open door policy with them and I was like, you're right, I got laid so much. Thank you. (laughs) So much, mom. Thanks. (laughs) Heteronormativity is good for some things. Yeah, some things. (laughs) Mm. Uh, So, um, somebody asked, uh, what is a kink or something you found out you were into during the past 200 episodes that you didn't know before you started?
0: (laughs) That's a good question. And I'm not I, – I don't know if it's podcast related. I don't think the podcast had anything to do with it. But I think I really came to acknowledge and accept that I really dig the stranger play stuff. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as I – uh, you know, I did that one with the Reddit chick and the blindfold and she comes to my house thing. And yeah. That one was cool. And then I think I had done other things similar uh, with the threesome I had with Emily, the physical therapist um, – we did something similar, though it wasn't a stranger to me. It was a stranger for her. All that I think, just like having these, like these these scenes, that's hot for me. And although I had done them before the podcast started, I think I only like started to develop vocabulary for it when I had started doing the show. But you have to remember, I started this podcast uh, when I was twenty four, so I was still so early develop, like I was still developing my sexuality. Mm-hmm it's still, fig- still
2: going. I mean, still
0: still you know, going, but like
2: I'm in my 30s and I'm still finding stuff out.
0: I think everything wasn't that I've discovered anything new, but I have only just since developed it and explored figured it, it out for I have explored it further over the last 200 weeks. So Sorry to whoever wanted a better answer.
2: I know. I know I was what we were hoping dirty? Yeah, some hot like, info. What? Where did I even ask you? Nina Harley.
0: That you that's, that, that's what I, no, that's I found out I'm into. I, I found out I'm into Nina Hartley. Okay. I
2: didn't...
0: Uh, so <laughs> I did not know who that was before this podcast. And you
2: didn't know who Nina Hartley was before but, this podcast? Before this
0: show started, I knew probably the name of five porn stars, and I think like four of them were retired.
2: Okay, but Nina's like a household staple, I feel like. She owns Nina.com. Like... <laughs> I learned how to fuck girls from Nina. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, you remember, I, my, I went to four years of porn school where I didn't have access to pornography. Sure. Because yeah. we didn't have internet in our rooms and we it was against ethics. With, the rules were called ethics. But I, so all the porn I had was like, a lot of it was like old, like taboo with Kay Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, just like old porn or with like nameless people.
3: Yeah. This actually leads into a question. Do you remember what it was like the first time you saw porn? Do you remember the first porn you Or, something sexual. or something sexual. Yeah. something sexual. Something sexual. Sexual. Uh, I, I want to specifically ask about porn. Like yeah. If you remember the first like porn you ever
0: saw. I'll try to do both. The first thing I think I saw that was sexual. I think I was like in first, second grade. There was my dad had this cigar box. I distinctly I think remember. I've
2: heard this before. Yeah. You've said this before. Yeah,
0: the cigar box, and like there's just a woman, and she's like some sort of indigenous woman, probably Cuban or something, and she's got one breast out, mm-hmm. and it's just like amp, it's like full. It's a good titty. It's like a, it's like a painting type of sticker like logo, but like it's very realistic and she's a real good boo i just remember like seeing it and having my jaw like instinctively come open like salivate like Mm -hmm. this needs to be in my mouth (laughs) yeah but then again like in first second grade like it wasn't that long ago that titties were in my mouth right so i remember that distinctly i remember (laughs) being i remember being in my bedroom with luke rice looking at this this cigar box and just like we're both silently just like on my bed like staring at it and just be like Uh, boob. (laughs) Boob. Uh, The first porn that I knew probably was porn, I think the first time like when we got internet access in the Mm -hmm. basement where there's a computer where no one was like there all the time. It was like in a separate room. But again, yet that shit took forever to load. You had a picture that was just going line Line by line. Line by line. So... (laughs) I have a really ridiculous first porno story. Um
2: uh, the first porn I rem- remember seeing um was when we had computer access to and it was like on my grandpa's computer at their house out in like his office that was in the shop so completely uh-huh. separate from the house and I wasn't looking for porn. I was writing a report on bears. <gasps> you can see where this is going. Yay! Oh, no. <laughs> despite the fact that I back then I was mainly interested in women I was like found this like super hairy buff gay bear porn website and was so into it and I think I was maybe 12 God. <laughs> yeah but I was doing a report on bears so uh Those adult blockers don't always, (laughs) you know.
0: (laughs) I think my first, like, real um, relationship with porn was definitely, like, the AOL chat rooms. Mm -hmm. It was definitely more of that where, like, you're just exchanging. You go to the lesbian chat room and you talk to other men pretending to be lesbians and then you just exchange (laughs) the same porn pictures. To each other. to so be like, oh, you're so hot. ASL, here's a pic. Yeah. And it's just the it,
2: early catfishing. Early yeah. catfishing.
0: And it, you just, you started, to, you know, you started to realize that this was all fake because you start getting the same picture that would just get passed wait, around. Wait a minute. Yeah. But because I didn't know how to download porn at that age, I just knew yeah. how to exchange stuff. My porn collection was whatever people would send me in these chat rooms, not knowing they're sending it to like a way underage boy. Eep. Oh. Uh,
2: I mean, I feel like I did a lot of that, too, when I was younger, so yeah. I, I feel that. The, those,
0: those are my earlier porn memories, I would say. I
2: just wrote a lot of dirty fan fiction.
0: I'm a fan of the literatica, though. Yeah. You know, that was that's how I got through, like, high school. I would yeah. print them out and stuff them under my mattress because yeah. they're nondescript. It's just words. Yeah. You know, no one can see that uh, what it is.
2: Yeah. It, written porn was always of interest, too, but yeah. I think it was, it was purely about access. Well, and... I feel like at that age, your imagination is so vivid too. It's easier to yeah. get into that. I don't. I tried to read some erotica recently and wasn't as, nearly as enthralled as Our I remember. Our brains being. are
0: so rewired now. Yeah, I when re- we're young, we can just get into that. Now it's hard. I mean, I'd have to go to the like. There's mcstories.com, dot com. I think is still up. Mm-hmm. It was all mind control stories. Uh-huh. Those I could probably get into because they are so specific. But if it was some generic like fuck story, get yeah, out of my face. It's like. <laughs> Bored,
3: you know, talk to someone and you know, talk to a partner, and they'll yeah. write something for me <laughs> well, in the I moment. Think that's <laughs> the
2: problem is that, like, I, I personally, unless it's not well or if it's well written, I could probably get into it. Mm. Cause I'm maybe I'm just judgy about my written content <laughs> at this point, but um i recently read i'm not into feet at all but i read this um story on fet life that this it wasn't even a story it was just a guy describing why he's so into feet in the most beautiful graphic detail and i got fucking horny as shit and i was like what is wrong with me i hate feet (laughs) it was just so well written that i couldn't get over it i was like what this it just made my brain spin i was like what the fuck discovering new things about myself all the time yeah.
0: <laughs> uh. the man whore podcast is sponsored by cam soda today's 24 7 digital strip club yes surely you've seen by now you can watch women get naked on webcam you can watch men you can watch really any gender get naked on a webcam and do whatever stuff you can you nicely ask them to do that's just now a part of the uh, of the adult entertainment business. And Camsoda.com has like thousands of amateur girls next door and some of the hottest porn stars working today, including Danny Daniels, Tori Black, and Brandy Love. I've I've gone taken a look at Cam Soda myself, and it's quite enticing. Really, no matter what your fetish, no matter what kink, no matter what body type or gender you want to watch, Cam Soda's got something for you and is totally free to try. Yes. Cam Soda is going to give listeners of the Man whore Podcast free tokens just for signing up. Yes, you do have to enter a credit card number. No, they are not going to charge your card at any time. There's no subscription. There's no rebilling. It really is 50 free tokens for you when you sign up at camsoda.com slash podcast. That's camsoda, C-A-M-S-O-D-A dot com slash Podcast. I literally I am going to stop recording this. I'm gonna edit the episode and then I'm very likely going to go jerk off on camsoda.com with my free tokens. I recommend y'all do the same. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by beadandy.com. Uh, you know, look, I I've definitely had a lot of moments where I'm hooking up with someone and I we're ready to fuck, and I go into my drawer and there's no condoms there. And then I go into another drawer and there's no condoms there either. And then I literally will go into my closet and I will search through fucking old winter coats in every pocket, desperately trying to find a condom before I lose my erection. And there's none to be found. See, that's not a problem when you've got a condom subscription plan. It's not that weird, you know? I mean, they got subscription plans for razors and and groceries. So why not condoms too? It is less expensive than buying them at the store. Shipping is discreet, so you won't have to go through that weird, awkward moment at the drugstore, and you can get 50% off your starter pack. Yes, $3 for your first order, which includes six condoms, and then it's just $6 a month after that. Did I say $3 for, for, a, big, for a pack of condoms? Yeah, that's what I said. To enjoy this deal, go to beadandy.com slash podcast. That's B-E-A-D-A-N-D-Y dot com slash podcast. I will not spell podcast for you because, hey, I believe in you. Go on over to beadandy.com slash podcast. Get yourself on a condom subscription plan. I don't care if you have a dick or not. It is always good to have some condoms nearby. Now let's get back to the show.
2: So... (laughs) When was the last time you did a "Am I into penis" check-in?
0: <laughs> oh God! Which which uh, into boys patron asked that one? I
2: I don't, don't even remember. know. I removed I removed names from pretty yeah, much all of them. Oh yes.
0: look how all, all, all your integrity.
2: Uh well I, okay. I could look. I've got my email open. Yeah, we could uh, look. I could
0: take <laughs> guesses. Uh last last time, I don't know. Uh the AVM was confusing time for me. It's a lot of, like beautiful men, right? La well, also like hot trans porn stars. Uh, yeah. And so like my Twitter feed was full of that just because of all the people I started following. And it's amazing when you start like following a bunch of porn stars, you start getting a bunch of porn in your fucking Twitter feed. Yeah. And yeah. uh and also, like, I follow porn, like, press, um, publicists. Oh. So, uh, it, 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 I've just, I've been seeing a lot of like trans porn pop up and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Or also, like, being in Vegas and in San Francisco on Tinder and Bumble, like, a lot of, my TDAR is quite good. I don't know if I'm allowed to say TDAR, but I oh figure if you say gay DAR, then how is TDAR not offensive? I don't understand. <laughs> is transdar better? Cause that one sounds. Uh, t- T-Dar sounds yeah, gonna, like a feature that comes with it. You can't no?
3: tag me in this episode. No.
0: <laughs> well, I know Wait, wait, wait. tell tell me uh, inform me if gay it's okay to say gaydar, right? That's still a thing that people
2: I am still mildly uncomfortable with that even. Okay,
0: I'm just going trying to go by cultural standards. Uh, uh, people tell me well, what just I because can because something's can't
2: culturally do. standard doesn't mean it's right. Good point,
0: it's, fair. And
3: it's still it's less safe to be trans than it is to be gay these
1: days. Yeah. Sure. So when
0: I'm looking, uh, on Tinder, for me, it's practical because like, although it's fine to be a-, a woman with a penis, I happen to not be into penises on women. I happen to not be into penises. So. For me, like sometimes I can tell when I'm swiping through. I can tell some- when someone's super passing, and I just be like, "But like, I also I've been around enough queerness now that like I can just kind of spot that." I'm like, "Wonderful, you look hot, girl," but it's just not for, you know for yeah. me. But also, but recently in San Francisco and Vegas, I've been like, oh. maybe." I'm, uh- I'm really confused right now. This is, <laughs> ooh, and then and also with how horny I was in Vegas and, and in San Francisco, I've been so horny because like it's and I don't know why. Uh, I've been surrounded by sex and then I was in San Francisco where like I couldn't seem to I was having a really hard time getting laid uh, or meeting up with people and so I was just like how horny am I and like oh, she is really hot. And
2: I feel bad because I feel like I kind of started that because immediately when I got to the hotel room I got naked. (laughs) In in AVN, I was like boom, stripped down naked, getting in the tub. Yeah. And then just like had a chat with Billy while I was naked.
0: Yeah. So I I think the check in was like you know, the days ago days yeah.
2: ago yeah okay so very recently so yeah it's ha- still
3: not quite there but yeah. uh, but we're working on it yeah it's like, small small
2: like, and inching like, forward but, but it still sticker. sounds
3: like girls tune in dicks. for episode 400 Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you'll get the answer you want
0: look people <laughs> billy with penises comes at a price like there is a price if someone just comes at it it comes with me uh comes to me with it i'm I mean, there
2: so the this um, question had a like some little sub questions like has sure. there ever been a hot guy that made you wish you were bisexual
0: i mean i've never wished i was bisexual okay. i've I've only been by bis- i've only wished i was bisexual when i've been so incredibly horny and seen how easy it would be for me to get my dick sucked by a dude yeah. and and how like difficult it was finding a cisgender woman to do that those are the only times I've like wished I was bisexual.
2: You're like, yeah, it would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> it would.
0: It would be easier in New York City, especially. Holy fuck, <laughs> I could get my dick sucked every day in New York. <laughs>
2: I mean, I've never been to New York, so I it's just have to take your word for it's it. It's
0: Central. It's just insane. Grinder so, Central. So... Another
2: trademarked term. Oh
0: gosh. Uh, So I've never wished I were bisexual, really. There's never been that, but like, you know, Ryan Reynolds has like a, a great body. So. so
2: that's what I'm moving on to. What man would you go gay for for a one night stand? I,
0: you know, a role needs to come with it, but Ryan, I'm listening.
2: Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit of the body and a little bit of the personality. Let's oh my God, the dude's real. so
0: fucking funny. His comedic timing is unreal. He's like Dane Cook If Dane Cook, <laughs> Dane Cook could act I mean I used to When I was younger Confuse the two of them Because they look Very similar And they are both Very funny And they The, the mannerisms way Mannerisms are kind of Similar too. Mannerisms similar And their delivery So like if, like if there's ever A Dane Cook biopic Like Ryan would play Dane Sure in my mind. Didn't
2: Dane Cook, wasn't he in some, like, Disney Cars movie or something? He's been the voice in some <laughs> oh, of the Cars. He, no, it wasn't Cars. It was that Planes. It was the right. offshoot oh, of Cars. Oh, dear. <laughs> I didn't watch it. He thought, I watched all the Cars movies, but I did not watch planes. They've
0: tried to get Dane Cook to act, and it doesn't tend to work out doesn't, too well. It doesn't but, go well. <laughs> but Ryan is a, just a talented treasure. It's
2: a beautiful man. <laughs> 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 oh, this list. I know. Oh, my gosh.
3: We want to get into some of the, like... More intense ones?
2: I think we can, but I feel like these clumps of questions
0: need to go together. Oh, that's
3: true. Uh, okay. Well,
0: while, while y'all two figure that I'm going to go pour water. I'm not going to turn this off, so you're all welcome to keep talking. Give me one, too. If you want to. I'll I go grab water. Forever. Don't let the dogs Mind in. Now, yeah.
2: Water. yeah, go get everybody water. Be a good boy. <laughs> I, I like being a good boy. Don't let the dogs in.
3: <laughs> Most important.
2: <laughs> so... We've got some other chunks of questions. Yeah. That. End strategize
3: up, now. Uh, yeah. And there's big. I think we should end on the questions that like just rip into his soul.
2: Wait, uh, Which ones do you consider the ones that rip into his soul? Oh,
3: the one about. Uh, oh, uh, the. Well, that one and those sort of go together. Cause like.
2: Sure. Sure. We yeah, can end on those two big lengthy yeah, questions. Yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, okay. Uh, um do you want to let's, yeah, let's good broach There's those a, together
3: we he and I just talked this morning a bunch
2: about all of his
0: Twitter drama in the
3: past so cool yeah we wait to, we, where's the
2: question about Twitter
3: no just about criticism in general oh okay yeah um, so we already unearthed all that trauma uh- <laughs> <laughs>
2: started digging it up this morning yeah get yeah deeper yeah, yeah, now
3: <laughs> yeah you yeah. saw a book by Cooper Beckett on my
2: bookshelf <laughs> <laughs> it set some things off oh, yeah <laughs> i saw the wonderful air airbnb uh, oh bookshelf God. too with the like what was it something uh happy christian household Jesus or something? uh I, yeah, yeah uh i had uh, and you guys definitely i missed out on fucking there no
3: so billy booked us an Airbnb for a threesome that yeah. fell through and um, he just booked the most wholesome Airbnb. It was a house
2: or it was a room in someone's house. Yeah,
3: first of all, like what the fuck? Yeah.
2: Like, why does Not a good job. That's a good idea. Lesson learned, don't let Billy plan things. Oh
3: my God, seriously.
2: Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like... And it fell through because um, I had a really bad flat tire. Really, worst week I've had in a long time. Yeah.
3: Um. <laughs> but we was going to be like, yeah, so it was in this uh you know nice old couple's house with their m- several dogs and they were renting out another room to like the parents of some college kids <laughs> who i probably ta for um they're probably some like water polo freshman in my in the engineering class i ta um and we were gonna just like bang have a out. threesome bang it out in- and <laughs> so Wholesome Airbnb.
0: It's perfect transition because I have been waiting months for this threesome.
2: And then it didn't fucking happen. (laughs) And we still drink
0: menage a trois wine. Without... The trois. the trois. Uh, yeah. Menage us, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my life has been bad this week, so it was just like a cherry on top that I this all happened last yeah. night. It was awful. Yeah, mm.
3: I, I haven't had the best week either. Um, <laughs> I did still get laid last night. I'm sorry.
2: It's, I mean, it's okay. I got to go home and go to bed. I uh, was pretty excited about that's that fine. too.
3: And from what I've heard about AVN, you'd had sex a lot more recently than I had. I hadn't had sex since beginning of the month oh, oh yeah yeah
2: i yeah i banged it out a lot yeah. at, at avian
3: <laughs> i feel a little bit less bad than if one of us was yeah. gonna have to miss out it totally yeah
2: i'm i'm glad that you you got your uh fill <laughs> i got my dry stuff. <laughs> i was <laughs> saying i feel like you guys have more time this evening together that's right that's true too. That, we so, do. that we do yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. i have another date with somebody else so mm. that's not gonna happen um <laughs> But Um, but such
0: a cruel mistress.
2: I, I mean, you know this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll wait.
2: (laughs) All right, so uh, we're gonna jump into the slightly more. There's some uh, a series of questions that somebody sent in that I'll kind of have to relate to each other. Yeah,
3: yeah. And you know, I thought this was appropriate given we were talking about. uh, Oh, we were talking about this morning with your previous drama.
0: Oh, Um, great! Can't wait.
3: In general, Uh, it's not specifically about that. Uh, But what? So when, as do, while doing this podcast, what has been the most dip, diff, difficult aspect <laughs> of getting criticism and what has made a positive impact? Have you been able to make actionable changes because of the aforementioned criticism? I think we cut out.
0: Those were a lot of words. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Do you want
2: me to repeat it or like <laughs> dumb it down for you, honey?
0: I'd actually prefer if you just dumb it down uh, for okay, me. Okay.
2: I can do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the hardest part about people being mad at you? Okay. <laughs> and uh during those situations have you actually done anything to change the way you behave
0: sure uh the 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 the, i hate people not liking me because i want everyone to like me i grew up with no one liking me Mm -hmm. because i was this annoying little kid and with no friends so i don't i i want friends i want people to like me right and I, i think i've had to learn in my uh in this adult life of mine that not you can't not everyone's gonna like you and that's okay. People will hate you no matter how right you are. Someone will always hate you. Yeah. So I'm just come to accept this. It just sucks that the people who I first truly the sex pause world is really the first world I truly identified with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really felt a part of anything comedy community. I did, but you know, I was a I was a young one, and the, the but the sex pause people they're the ones who I felt like at least got me like because. When I went to, I said this before, but like going to Hacienda for the first time, I was like, oh, these are all the outcasts. Mm -hmm. Like, these are all the different sexual orientations that got yelled at. These are the genders that like people didn't understand. And then I was like, no one's understood me fucking ever. Mm -hmm. So if y'all are like accepted here, then I must be accepted here because, um, you know, no one's fucking accepted me. So I, I kind of felt kindred spirit with all that. And so when those people get mad at me, I go like, oh shit, like we are on the same team. Um. So that's unfortunate. So I think the hardest part is, is realizing that like not everyone's going to like me mm-hmm. and having to accept that. Something I've done to change, uh, was I actually for the month of December did no, I, I w- refused to comment on any Facebook threads. I like, didn't comment on anything. So if I wanted to actually contact, if I had a response, I just had to say, mm-hmm. I'd have to actually contact them privately. I was like, Hey, I'm not doing Facebook comment threads this month, but. Here's the thing.
2: I think that's a nice way to approach people, too, especially because if it's a heated topic. Yeah. You can have a more intimate discussion with somebody uh, about disagreements if it's one-on-one. When you, I feel like when it's happening in a platform where multiple people can comment, you end up just piling on top or, of someone. Or
3: people get self-conscious and defensive about being called out mm-hmm. and care more about preserving their image than listening to the message. So if you disagree mm. with something publicly, yeah, it's just tends to not go over as well.
0: Yeah. Especially when it's a group of strangers. So like yeah. during my like Marvel universe incident, whatever, it was like, I had like 50 strangers who were mostly avatars. I don't fucking know yelling at me, calling me an asshole. And I'm like, well, you don't even know me. And so I made the folly at, what well, how old was I? I think it was 25 or 26. Like I made the folly of trying to respond to each one. Be like, oh no, I can, I can turn this person around times 50 or a yeah. hundred or whatever. And just not possible. So getting, and I find that criticism, at least me, someone asked me recently because she's trying to pitch an article somewhere about, um, call out culture and, and whatnot. And it's like, what would make you more receptive? I was like, if you know me as an acquaintance and you like truly don't know how I feel about an issue because you saw a joke that included a trans person in the joke. Mm-hmm. Ask me Um, if you have something you want to criticize, like very seriously, I don't know, just reach out to me privately. I'm very accessible and I take it. It it seems more sincere when you just shout in a comment thread and we don't even know each other. It's like the most insincere thing possible. And
3: it can be performative allyship. I see that a lot. Um,
2: And that's just like not productive at all. Yeah. And it's just making sure other people see you being supportive
0: look yeah. i called out a person yeah and i
2: did the thing guys look at me yeah where's my ally cooking
0: exactly and i have to check myself on that too and make sure i'm not doing yeah. that yeah. I, I i rarely try to do that um but it's like yeah it, it's just so fake to me it's just it just makes it seem like you're not actually interested in turning me Mm -hmm. and i think if we're going to improve the society we have to actually sadly turn individual people Uh, because there's so many people who i think are on the cusp of getting it and they just don't for Mm -hmm. whatever whether it's not they didn't have proper sex education they grew up in a really bigoted household they just never met a fucking queer person whatever it is i think a lot of people are on the cusp and they just have to know better and like i was there i used to not understand like what a trans person was yeah I used to not get a lot of things and it was just both an exposure element and people having genuine conversations, people answering questions I had without jumping down my throat at it. I mean, like, okay, like the question is really, really bad. Uh, but like, (laughs) let me talk to you, right? (laughs) Uh that that's always I think that's not just for like someone criticizing me, but I think that's the best way to get to go at most people. Most sure. people who are in the middle need that. The people who are just fucking terrible, that's a whole different story. But so many people who like they don't necessarily always mean poorly, they just don't fucking know better. Um so so the the not responding to Facebook comment threads again to like endless flame wars, that's something I've like literally done recently to try to change the behavior. And then a lot of times I'll like write out a response tweet and then I'll even I won't even hit enter but I'll type it out and then I delete it because then I feel like I said it. And if I have to s- hit the send button, I send it to a friend. Like I said, my my friend Katie. I sent who she's the one who like I send a Craigslist address to. So sure. right. So I'll also accountability just accountability buddy. Yeah. My accountability buddy. Like <laughs> hey, if I like go missing, tell the cops it was this address. Yeah. Uh, I'll just text her a random thing. I'll be like, hey, I just need to send this to someone so that I've sent it. So my mind is like, oh, I sent the thing, even though I didn't send it to say a partner I'm fighting with. Mm-hmm. But like you feel like you got it out and I yeah. th- that's something I've been working on doing recently.
2: So I think the the aspect that or the direction we took this question was more about criticism from the general public, but at the same time I think the question we can be taken as how has this been getting criticism from your previous your exes yeah. and previous mm-hmm. people you're involved with? How has that uh, I don't know. What's, what's been the most difficult aspect of getting that sort of criticism directly from people you've been involved with?
0: Well, I mean, y'all, y'all listen. Um, I don't get the criticism a ton. Yeah. Um, the people I think would have a lot of criticism for me won't
2: come on the show. I try. <laughs> I do try and I do
0: remind them you don't have to be nice to me. Yeah. You don't have to be a quote unquote good or polite guest. Mm-hmm. Just come on, be open and honest. And so, you know, people don't like Dove, but, uh, <laughs> She was willing to say I that she thought. That episode. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't
3: even dislike her. I will say that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with that one, like at least she was willing to be open and honest. So when she sat down, she was like, oh, yeah, with that time I came over, I opened the door. I was like, oh, Billy got fat. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you're being honest. <laughs> if I could get that honesty for more. I think I've had guests on the show who haven't been fully honest. I think uh, there's some really valuable people who could really teach me something that just are still not comfortable with it. And I mm-hmm. hope that they change their minds one day. Uh, but I will still continue to try in the most cautious, non-harassy way possible. You know, <laughs> Ella Dawson, you have an open invite whenever you're ready. Because <laughs> that one night we, we made out furiously was uh, fantastic. And since then, a lot went down, right? A
2: lot, a lot has happened. So,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome happened. on. And I won't silence you or invalidate you.
2: Um, So... Uh, I think we've kind of covered this already, but this, the continued portion of this question was, um, what have you learned about being resilient to that criticism? Mm-hmm. Like, how, what to, do you to do to be
0: less resilient? I, I think that's part of my problem is like, and no, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to bunker down. No, Billy, maybe take some of it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Absorb
2: it instead yeah. of becoming a brick wall. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I, I think a lot of it was me being self righteous and immature and stubborn. I'm very stubborn. So I've, been learning how to take even again i'm learning how to take criticism even if i ultimately disagree with it mm-hmm. i'm still learning how to take it in rather than just be like nope bye
2: <laughs> never mind Yeah. don't have to always be right i mean
0: <laughs> it's being right it's pretty awesome
2: it's good it's good i i highly suggest being right all the time
0: <laughs> yeah I, you too it's a great way to live a life
2: <laughs> um. And have you changed your interview strategies with past flames because of what you've learned from them? From like early episodes, things you've learned from exes and how you got information mm-hmm. out of them. Have you developed the way you interview people now?
0: It always depends on the. Con- I I interview guests differently depending on our context. If it's someone I just hooked up with once <clears throat> or twice, and it was something where we knew nothing more was coming of it. Let's say it was um I don't know someone f- f- fucking read it. And it yeah. was a blow bang on Reddit. Yeah. Right. We know what we're doing here.
2: We, we know.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that one's going to be a little bit more of a conversation about like, about the experience, about our feelings on it and, and see where it goes. I try not to have, like, I showed you all my blank pages in my notebook. I try not to have too much of like, um, like a structure, but th- there's certain women that I do have questions for. There's certain women that I'm like, no, but like, what happened here? Like, what went down? Um, I mean, L, people hated her voice fine but i genuinely want to know like what was going through your head like were uh did you even enjoy the sex are you fucking me just because you're, you're bored like, are you fuck pity fuck <laughs> honestly yeah but like but that's been I, i've been in a stage where i've been like really not always pleased with where my body's been in like the last year or so mm-hmm. and so to know that was valuable to me yeah. i mean it would probably have been more valuable to not care but like that's never going to happen so it to, to get an idea of like what was going through her head for her to say like for her as a really hot person who has really no need to be polite to me because she don't live here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She, she was like, dude, you're like a, you're not a bad looking guy. Like, yeah. I don't, you can say that all you want, but you're so to hear that like was helpful for me or, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. what it, sometimes you get revelations like Jay in episode two even was like, uh, <clears throat> I thought we ended things for one reason. And then Jay ended up uh, being like, Oh no, we stopped fucking. Cause I just, like wanted to stop fucking you. The boyfriend came like months later. I was like, Oh.
1: oh okay oh my
0: mind rewrote history a little bit but
1: yeah, to be more
3: favorable to you
0: <laughs> so so i i, I try to uh, with the ones who i have something to actually ask i try not to force it because you don't want to open with like okay so why did we stop fucking or like <laughs> why mean, wouldn't I you really, love me
2: i really want you to start an episode like that please why, start, why did love we me? stop fucking
0: I will, I will try that i
2: like the why won't you love me yeah why don't yeah. you love me <laughs>
1: But just
0: trying to, you know, honestly, it's, uh, recently I've tried to keep these things like, whether it be a, a former flame or, or just a regular, you know, some non hookup guest, uh, I'd like to, I try to see if we can connect. I find that those are the better episodes. So with my past lovers, like if I can at least get us to connect like we once did, whatever caused us to want to fool around together, can we recreate that in this hour? Even if it's not going to be sexual or flirty, can we connect and, uh, and have a conversation and, and maybe see what was and see if we can find that spark that I may just want to do it again I mean with Diana that was kind of a little bit of that too because it was like when we were talking it was like we were out on a date yeah. like can we make this a date where I promise I won't try to fuck you if you don't want me to
2: yeah I mean that's how all dates sh- <laughs> should be right right
0: maybe I worded that wrong uh,
2: well that's pretty much a normal date yeah but yeah. yeah Okay.
3: I won't try and fuck you unless you want me
2: to
0: sadly in this country like not always the case yeah <laughs>
3: Okay, do we do we
2: go for the sub story? I mean, I yeah. Oh, do we want to read There's the a- whole
3: thing? I kind of, I, I kind of feel
2: like she- I don't want to paraphrase it. I think it's uh, it, it transitions into what you were just okay. talking about. So, okay. do you want me to do it or I do can you want do to? It. Okay, all right, Billy. In episode one
3: ninety six, you were talking about your insecurities with thinking anyone's attracted to you. This is a feeling I share. In my case, it probably has to do with being a virgin until 24 and having very few sexual partners. I know my girlfriend thinks I'm attracted, but I'm convinced her opinion hardly matters because she's just brainwashed by being in love with me. When we've been with other people, we're swingers like you, I'm always questioning if they're attracted to me or if they're there because my girlfriend and I'm just along for the ride. I've always thought that i have here, that hearing I'm attracted attractive from other people that are not my girlfriend and seeing that there are other people in the world who have sex with me would help shut that voice up. I do believe that that has helped. However, it seems that in your case you get plenty of sex and validation from many women and you still have that voice in your head. What do you think it'll take for that voice in your head saying you're unattractive <sighs> to finally shut up?
0: Therapy? I <laughs> mean <laughs> I mean that's I mean the essence of an eating disorder isn't whether it's anorexia or bulimia, like the throwing up or the not eating or over exercising. That's always a symptom. Uh, it's always, it's, it's a inner thing. It's a you thing. It's, it has nothing to do. You can have a thousand people tell the hot anorexic chick that she's hot and she's still not going to think that. Um, it's got to come from within. So. Probably some therapy. I mean, not for nothing losing 10, 20 pounds might be, you know, might help speed things along, but hey,
2: yeah,
0: uh, <clears throat> uh, honestly, therapy. And that's something I would like to be able to, to like afford to do, uh, in the near future. That's a, it's a 2018 goal. Yeah. It's going to get into therapy, but
2: yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's helpful. I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but I'm long-term recovering eating disorder mm-hmm. and for sure, like I ob, like people pay to watch me fuck so like i i find myself decently attractive you know (laughs) i put myself out in the world um but it it took a lot of introspection i
0: definitely agree with that like
2: i had to be like okay no i'm fucking hot before i got comfortable with any of that
0: and sadly like i still do need like some nudges along so we'll get that voice away i don't know uh i've been trying for a long time and you know we'll see Mm -hmm. but i I don't know, dude. I don't know. I've been wanting... But part of me goes like, um oh, that voice needs to stay there a little bit if you're going to stay funny, fat boy. Like, there's something to keep the comedic juices going. Well,
2: I mean, you can come from that world and still like... I feel like people that grew up fat tend to be funnier. Right. <laughs> to be honest.
0: Like, right.
2: I mean, because there was like some compensation there. You were trying to make people like you. I was And I was they a fat still kid didn't. Too. I was funny and
0: they still didn't. And they still didn't. No.
2: I mean, people liked me, but I no. was a fat kid too, so... No. um and these have ps uh, on them i've been wondering lately if maybe part of this problem is that i think women are beautiful and men are not attractive which i thought was an interesting ps okay (laughs) i mean okay um and then a pps no surprise we definitely share sexual fantasies of being used by women
0: interesting
2: yeah yeah so i mean i feel like you do share that sexual fantasy being used in general yes you I do. I do i do i think we're, we're both we're all pretty well i like this. being put to good use yeah that makes me
0: feel like a good boy
2: and you like being called
0: good boy yeah that, um, that's a newer thing but yeah.
2: yeah
0: time for the fan whore appreciation moment oh you know just because it's episode 200 doesn't mean i'm doesn't mean i'm not gonna do it this is the part of the show where i like to give some shout outs to members of my fan whore community on patreon the people who help make this shit happen right now shout out to sean m oh you've been uh you've been having a lot of fun in the peep show haven't you buddy huh huh uh <laughs> thanks for your submission by the way to our man or podcast contest i'm sorry you didn't win but uh you made a valiant effort santiago hello i love your name baby and i love that you support uh me and this show with your dollars. And a big shout out to Ardy. What can I say about Ardy that hasn't been said about most beautiful women? Uh, You know, just thank you for sharing yourself with us. Glad you're having fun uh, getting to know your fellow listeners. We're certainly enjoying getting to know you. And uh you too can join our fan or community for as little as one dollar per month. Support your favorite man whore by becoming a member at patreon.com slash whore podcast. That's Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash whore podcast. And now let's wrap up with the gals.
2: So there's only a couple questions left, actually. Okay. So we're yeah, getting getting pretty close here. Um and two of them are a little more lighthearted, and I think we're going to end with our uh, not-so-lighthearted one. Great. Uh, you know, drama reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so one of them that I wanted to ask was uh, – it's a question that they have for anyone that's a comedian, or that anyone that ever gets with a comedian. Um, did it ever come across your mind that something that you shared together would end up in a comedy set? Because you fuck other comedians, like obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Do you ever think, like, in the moment, this could end up in a co- comedy set?
0: No, I'm too busy like enjoying the sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you never contemplate that at all. But
0: I mean, it might end up in my comedy set. That's like, who true. fucking knows? That's very do you ever
2: true. find yourself planning bits during during a fuck? <laughs> during no, a no, in, no.
0: The only time things are going through my head during a fucker like last night when I couldn't get the Greatest Showman soundtrack out of my head. It's fucking. <laughs> Oh no! That was this morning.
2: Singing, Uh, not this time. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that was that was a problem. That was definitely getting in the way.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do you want to get this one?
3: Oh, that's not really a light-hearted one. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah. What is it about gambling you like so much?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a light-hearted one. Oh, hey guys. The
3: follow-up chunk is uh, <laughs> less light-hearted. Are you, are you usually successful or not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know. <laughs> am, I, am I successful with my gambling? Hilarious. I, I, I wouldn't have four roommates in Bushwick if I was great at gambling. <laughs> What a fucking moronic question whoever asked that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. You're great. You're awesome. Keep downloading but what the fuck, dude. Okay. I mean, but
2: who's successful <laughs> actually successful with gambling? Plenty. Not- they're
0: professional gamblers. Okay, but then
2: they're professional getting professional
0: poker players. But
2: they're getting paid for like being on the sh-
0: No, usually they they get staked. The idea is like the someone's staking them Typically, so they're not necessarily playing with their money or it's not mostly their money. And so, like, if they win, then they win money. But if they lose, they didn't lose anything. But you have to become, like, a proven poker player to be just getting staked by the TV show. So So you don't just, like, show up and they say, oh, yeah, here's money to play. No, it's like they... They, they had to have already played a lot and been a really good poker player.
2: So what you're saying is you need to stop sucking.
0: Yeah, that's what I've always said. I don't want to go. Gamblers Anonymous, they, the first thing they say, the only thing you need to be to be a member is you have to have a desire to stop gambling. And I don't want to stop gambling.
3: You just want to start winning. Yeah. I
0: just want to stop losing there. Like, Gamblers Anonymous should just be like a class where we all learn how to be better gamblers. <laughs> Every week, there's a new lecturer on counting so, cards and math. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> learn not to play, you know, Caribbean stud poker because the odds are so bad for you. Things like that. Um, it's it's a it's a rush to me. I've never done hard drugs before, but I imagine it is the same is the same rush you get if you say did like cocaine or ex- any of these uppers. I hear about I, when people describe the buzzing in in your brain and just the the vibe your your body feels it's it's similar to when i'm on like a gambler's high and and the gambler's high can be winning or losing that comes either way like it still feels like a you know tap in the vein and but it's also the same high and feeling i get when i'm on stage crushing mm-hmm. like if i'm on stage having a great set like doing or or having fun because i don't have to just have a great set to like have to feel it if i'm having fun on stage oh my gosh, it's the same fucking thing. And that was kind of why I was like, I got to, a lot of times, um, I've got to, sometimes I'm forced with like, should I go to an open mic or can I go to this card room? It's so important if I can get myself to the mic because I know it's the right decision, but also like, I can get that same feeling there. Yeah. just doesn't always feel that way. Um.
2: So it's technically a gamble too. (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Sorry, I'm... That's why you do porn. (laughs) (laughs) Basically... I am a dad. <laughs> no.
0: So yeah, it's a it's a rush. That's that's the the feeling, I would say.
2: Okay. Um really the last question uh is kind of an in-depth one. Um so something that this person has been thinking about is how you often talk about being attracted to all types of females, different ages, body types, etc. You often say something along the lines of having a, <coughs> having a face is the most important thing to you. However, the impression I've gotten from the way you describe them and the photos of the ones that I've seen is that all of the women who you have fallen for or been in relationships with – or of the say, of the stereotypically thin and pretty variety. It seems strange to me that for someone that is attracted to so many different body types that you seem to only become smitten by one. Do you think this is a fair assessment? Uh, you've also talked about just knowing early on if you're into someone. Maybe that's simply because of physical attraction. Do you think it's possible you're unconsciously closing yourself off from falling for women who ha- may not be considered um, as t- typically attractive?
3: And uh, the subject line of this email, which was not in our document, uh, is, Billy, are you subconsciously shallow? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, one, I don't know who's been looking up my exes. So that's like that's concerning to me because uh, like unless there's been very few where like the pictures are out there. So they're not really supposed to know what they look like. So I I'm, think
2: it's a mixture probably of the way you describe people sure. mm-hmm. and the it's not hard to figure out like there's pictures of people you date on the internet like, yeah well yeah th- i mean yeah you so. i mean well, <laughs> yeah. i
0: mean i feel like there's only two like uh, there's only two women who like you would find like through my instagram sure. which would be mm-hmm. my ex and my my current girlfriend um so i don't think I've p- i posted with others like throwbacks or anything mm-hmm. uh, so i hope people aren't like i i mean i make my facebook profile p- private for a reason so sure. that people can't go like well let's go through billy's friends list and like look up the emily's and see who we find you know mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't think that would be a fair assessment. I mean, fuck. I, I fucked up BBW porn star on Sunday. So, like, that was...
3: Well, that's the question. <laughs> it's not about who you fuck. It's about who you're smitten with. Who I'm smitten with?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just going through my mental Rolodex of the smittens. Yeah. Sure. Um,
2: Take some time to assess. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Well, I, I don't, I, I, well
0: they're, they're not all, like, typically, like, thin in the same body type. Because, like, I mean, my current girlfriend and my ex have different body types. and But I, they're
2: still pretty thin and standardly attractive in my opinion sure
0: yeah i don't know like i said i think the thing that really gets me is um for for being smitten is it's there's it's personality Mm -hmm. like are we vibing are we doing the exchange of the banter and um and like am i just attracted to you physically Mm-hmm. and so
2: there is some sh- there is some
0: shallowness yeah. there because I it's mean, everyone's yeah everybody but i don't yeah but I, well, everybody has to see i don't like- think so because i think when you fuck people you're fucking people you think is a, you are attractive Sure. and not everyone finds the same type of person there are people who aren't gonna find you attractive for like your cool haircut uh and there's some people who are gonna be intimidated by your height mm-hmm. and or or your piercings right yeah. so that's that doesn't mean make you not conventionally attractive it just means you're not attracted to that person um in a way we're all shallow because we're all trying to fuck people we find attractive just what we find attractive is different person to person Mm -hmm. you know there there was um there was a chick the other night in san francisco on tinder before she canceled our date super (laughs) inexplicably it was a weird one but like she was specifically into dad bods she thought i was super sexy in that way she is shallow because she would reject him based on his abs sure which in one way is shallow but someone would be like oh no she's going for like a real guy like no she's she's judging him based on his body. She just different standards than you're scoring differently.
2: True. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say like, uh, I wouldn't say that. I just also haven't, you know, come across as many varied types that I end up with. I don't know.
2: Well, and I think also just you haven't had that many romantic interests yeah, either. So, like, it's, it's a numbers game yeah, almost. It's yeah. hard to,
0: it, to let,
3: claim any sort of a trend. Let's mm-hmm. say
0: I've, yeah, let's say I've been like smitten with like hard with like maybe 15 mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. since I was 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say like a lot of them were probably some kind of like thin to average size. Um.
2: All white. I'm going there. Oh, that's yeah. fine
0: that's that's totally fair, uh yeah, I think all white, yeah,
2: okay, I mean, I think some of that is uh probably um
0: from where you grew up too, yeah, yeah, um mm-hmm.
2: proportionally i don't like, so community wise you that's just ends up how it happens. Oh, yeah, so and like, I don't
0: not find like uh other races are attractive. It's just uh, like I would love to hook up with some. They're like these, there are Indian women that are just so fucking gorgeous. Am I not allowed to say I'd like to hook up with an Indian chick? I find Indian women really fucking attractive. Oh well, I'm sorry. I thought we lived in a society that typically doesn't put brown women on screen. I'm like, can we put all of them on screen? They're great. You
2: want to see all the brown and not, but
0: not, not, not sorry, not all. But I'm not like fetishizing. I don't like beat off to Indian porn, but. <laughs> Maybe that's the title of the episode. I don't beat off the Indian porn. I don't <laughs> beat
2: off Indian porn. <laughs> I am not being associated with that episode.
0: Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, that is, a, I mean, that is a fair thing. And it's something I think about when I try to book because I want to get more diverse, um, voice, uh, more diverse types of guests since my sex life isn't as diverse. It's mostly like white and like Hispanic, um, and like a night like a sprinkle of asian um a sprinkle of black but it's mostly like white and, and latina chicks mm-hmm. so i can't get say a lot of racial diversity from my past hookups so i but i can get it in who i book on the show so that's why i'm like okay well like are there like porn performers that are like uh of, of color that i can get on the show is there a okay like if i have a choice of like three marriage like therapists like ooh is there a couples counselor like who's just not a t- typical white chick because yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I that's where i try to find the diversity because i can i can't i'm not gonna go like hook up with a string of black women just so i can book black women right. i think that would be disingenuous yeah, um, but, if yeah and, and
2: <laughs> but if it were an indian woman yeah and but if it were well, an indian woman
0: they're just oh there's just some like super sometimes i go like you know i don't know I've, look everyone has gone and thought who what races have i and have i not slept with everyone's done it whether it's problematic or not We've all thought, like, oh, you know, I've never slept with a Middle Eastern man.
2: <laughs> Ken- Kenzie's, Kenzie is, like, falling apart now. Well, Kenzie's, <laughs>
0: Kenzie's snowflakes are melting. And, so <laughs> 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 um, and sometimes I see, like, a like a like go- like on Reddit, like, a picture of a gorgeous, like, Indian woman. I'm like, oh, I looked up with an Indian woman. She's really pretty. I'm like, where do I meet these people? Um,
2: where do I meet these people? What, the
0: Stern Business School? Sure, but, like, I was invited to their parties in college, so... <laughs> A- NYU, that's where it was. That's where you're gonna find it. <laughs> Kenzie's yeah. dying.
2: I think, yeah, I think Kenzie's uh, a little over the over now. <laughs> well, um, I know we gotta get.
0: What?
3: Can't share this with any of my friends. Of my friends.
0: <laughs> Why? You don't have to co-sign it. Oh, you can go right now on the record, Kenzie. You should go into the microphone and be on the record and and say that you disagree. <laughs>
3: I support nothing that comes out of Billy Presidio's mouth. Oh, nothing? Or
0: how about just like the last se- seven minutes? Uh, last hour
3: and a half. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, those were all the listener questions. Did either of you two have questions?
2: You have a notebook. I, I asked a few of them.
0: As we um, as we wind, as we wrap up here, what, is there anything else that was burning that you thought would be you wanted to uh, ask? Uh, I you had a thing you were bragging about earlier like everything i really want to ask oh, you it's right. going to get you in
3: <laughs> no it's not a it's not a like uh bad one it's uh which former man whore podcast guest would you put in your celebrity death pool
0: oh that's a great question yeah uh, <laughs> i assume we're going with the the, the non-hookup guests because they're right,
3: right anyone who qualifies to be in the celebrity death right right right
0: Ooh, that's a that's a great question um i mean well actually one of them is on my celebrity death pool
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> who is it? is it
0: yeah betty dodson she's oh, like 88 well, yeah.
2: That's a safer bet. She's 88. She's up there.
0: Uh, Also, it's going to be an original pick because no one else even knows who that is. So I'll get double the points. Um, Betty, I love you. But like, you know, just before, maybe before your 89th birthday, if if it's this year, it doesn't have to be this year, but if it is before your next birthday, just don't cost me the extra point. Um, She's I actually want to get her back on the show. If I had to go after Betty Dodson, um, probably... I'm just thinking more like age, because I don't think I know any of them that are like heroin addicts or anything like cool like
2: that. <laughs> because being a heroin addict is cool. Uh, that's that's why Billy
0: Joe Armstrong is on my celebrity death pool. He used to have a heroin problem. He relapses. Philip Seymour Hoffman all over again. Uh, I, I maybe would probably go Cindy Gallup, just also age. Um, sure. But I just feel like that woman ain't dying. She's too busy kick. Yeah. She's too busy kicking ass. Yeah. She's too busy trying to change the world. She doesn't have time to die. No yeah. time
2: to die. Oh, that's oh, that's like a James Bond flick. Yeah. <laughs> no time to die. And it's gonna
0: start, but it's gonna be Jane Bond because <laughs> Cindy Gallup's trying to change the world. Yeah. And right. close the, yeah. the the gender gap. I'm into it. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for for doing this. This was really fun. Uh, like holy shit. Uh thank you for helping me celebrate 200 episodes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patronage. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for touching my penis. Uh, I guess. That was pretty sure, cool, too. I don't I think guess. Kenzie sure. wants to sleep with me anymore. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this <laughs> evening just got awkward.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: um,
0: I
2: want to go back to the Airbnb
3: without me. <laughs>
0: oh gosh uh, out with kathy and bill well so well I'm Lindsay about do you,
3: the five love languages
0: oh they had a lot of interesting books uh <laughs> thank you all both so much uh i know you don't want to be plugging things I but
2: have anything interesting to plug uh
0: <laughs> Lindsay, do you want to plug your people want to pay to see you naked uh
2: sure i mean some of you have already if you were doing you know the facebook patreon page when we were still doing nudes on there and briefly on the peep show um but i'm not doing those either things anymore but you can find me on twitter um lindsay sins for you it's l-i-n-d-s-a-y c-i-n-s the number four and the letter u Mm -hmm. um or just contact billy and he knows how to hit me up
0: (laughs) she's uh yeah go check that out (laughs) big fan big fan
2: (laughs) gotta slide in those dms (laughs)
0: All right. Uh, oh, and uh, and anything else y'all would want to say before we go?
2: No, I think I'm good. I Let's do another I couple hundred episodes. Yeah, yes. yeah? Yes. you, you think I should? A, you got to keep fucking a lot of people. Yeah. So. Yeah. You,
0: you think I should? You, you should keep it. going. You don't think this is over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not over it?
2: I mean, I we'll mean,
3: see. We'll see what everyone else feels. Yeah. <laughs> tbd well well, thank
0: y'all so much (laughs) oh gosh oh boy all right ladies thank you so much Uh, let's say bye to everybody
3: bye goodbye
0: later (laughs) oh wow that was that was so much fun i i gotta tell you i was nervous wasn't sure what the chemistry was gonna be like i did i thought the chemistry we were gonna figure out while getting naked and having a threesome but as you heard that didn't happen so uh, i'm glad it worked out they were great they were so fantastic please go buy Lindsay's porn it's super good it's super hot i've personally uh utilized it on many of occasions um i i want to know what you thought did i did i do service by you did i did i do right by y'all in this 200th episode of the show I want to know your thoughts. Send me your comments. Send me your questions or your booby pictures to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Oh, that made me forget the first fan boobs. How could I forget to mention the first fan boobs? That was Sophia, who y'all heard on this podcast last year. She's the Uber driving hot mom. She's the first one to send me her titties. They were, they're, and they're good titties, too. If she gives me permission, I might, I might tweet them out. I might, I might post them in the places. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPresida. Use the hashtag Podcast. Let me know what you thought about the show. I, I, I don't ask for this one quite nearly that often, so I do want to say, if you care to, please do leave me a rating and review on iTunes, if that is where you listen to this podcast. If you listen somewhere else and they have some sort of rating or review system, I would appreciate your kind words. Last and well, certainly not least, arguably one of the most important things that I could tell you right now is that you should become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon. Not only will you be supporting me and this podcast, but you will also be joining a fabulous community of just wonderful individuals. You can join up for as little as just one dollar over at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com com slash podcast. It has been an honor and a joy and a privilege talking to y'all for the last 200 weeks. I'm looking forward to next week with 201, where we've got on AVN award-winning transgender porn star, Venus Lux. Y'all are in for a treat next week, but until then... Stay slutty.